Hi, this is Shannon from SIS, the number four, teachers.org. Thanks so much for joining us for our blog this week on a Math Mites recap for episode 307-308. For kindergarten, in episode 307, students will use their journal template that we featured in the past episodes. However, in this episode, we're really focused on subtraction. We want to show kids that they can do subtraction with concrete tools, show it in a quick draw, and use a 10 frame to show subtraction and then see how you go about creating the number bond with subtraction and the computation that goes with it. Students should have a good understanding of this as we've done it in the past shows. So at this point, we are fluidly using the process with subtraction. The I can statement is I can find all the ways to break apart numbers. We're going to use DC here and see if kids can notice if the combination is missing from a set. Obviously, you could look at it in the expression and see if I came up with the combinations for nine, would they all be there? Another way that I like to do this is to have students see combinations within a number bond. They can look at the collection of number bonds and see if one is missing. In the show, we analyze a student's thinking that thought the person thought they may have come up with all the combinations to nine, but we use the process of elimination to discover that they're actually missing one. This also looks at the idea of a flip-flop fact, if you will, where kids will see nine equals eight plus one, but it can also have it with nine equals one plus eight. We want kids to include all those facts so that we can use DC and the Counting Buddy Senior to show this. A great way to use the Counting Buddy Senior is to push 10 beads towards his head and 10 beads towards his feet. This way, when you draw the beads to the middle, kind of in that macrame beaded fashion, the colors will match the combinations. If you wanna show me nine, I could pull four beads to the middle of one color and then five beads of another color. When kids look at it, they'll be able to see the four and the five equals nine. We continue with combinations by playing a game called make or break numbers, where students draw a number and then have to put their counters on two number scatters that would total the number. So if we drew the number seven, they'd have to be able to look at the different configurations from five frames to dice patterns or even a domino format to figure out which two numbers would end up making the seven. They might put the counter on the two that looks like a dice and maybe the five that also is arranged like the dice. We want students to really have an understanding to see the patterns, which will help them create the combinations more easily. If I have zero plus seven, one plus six, two plus five, three plus four, etc., you can see on one side the numbers are counting up and on the other side they're counting down. We want to really give a good visual to help students understand using these patterns and they will be able to have an opportunity to play make or break with numbers in the extension activity. In kindergarten 308, we continue with Professor Barbell with another subtraction problem. A pro tip is have your kids watch show 307 earlier in the week and they can try working through the problem in 308 a little bit more independently. The I can statement is I can show what happens in a story problem and solve. We give kids a scenario of a market where Elena is shopping at the market with her grandfather. She chooses to buy some mangoes and her grandfather decides to buy some pineapples. How many pieces of fruit did they buy? A lot of kids just really appeal and ask for help because they don't know how to solve the word problem or to begin even thinking about them. We want to slow them down and have them pay attention to details. 
What do you notice? What do you wonder about the story problem? We didn't give any quantities. How are we going to solve it without quantities? This gets students really inquiry-based thinking going, and then we'll give them the actual story to put in that scenario. Such as, Elena chooses four mangoes. Her grandfather chooses two pineapples. Now, how many pieces of fruit did they buy? We also focus on drawing in this episode to see what else we can add to the drawings to give more details. So for our initial scenario, if I were to show four counters, draw a partition line, and then have two more, does that depict the story enough? What if I drew four circles, a partition line to show more, and then added two more, but at the top I wrote an M to represent the mangoes and a P above the two to represent the pineapples. We want kids to be able to see more details in their organized drawings. We do a couple different examples with bears eating blueberries and raspberries. We add more details to the drawings by labeling a B above the blueberries and adding a partition line and then putting an R above the raspberries. Giving kids an opportunity to really look at how to label and organize drawings is really important. In our extension activity, we have a few problems that someone can read to the students and they can pick out which drawing and which labels match those problems. This will really help kindergartners to attend to the details and slow down a little bit as they're starting to look at different word problems. Let's move on to first grade. In episode 307, we're continuing with Professor Barbara warm-ups, but we're using a non-proportional manipulatives. You'll also notice that we'll start to scaffold away, but not always include all the parts of the sentence form. We'll have more blanks in the sentence form, and we're also using a little bit higher numbers to continue to challenge our first graders. In this subtraction problem, we don't want students just to guess and check. You'll see that we use the number words instead of the actual number, so the kids are to really pay attention to details. They can't just grab the two numbers and add or subtract. The I can statement is I can add one digit and two digit numbers to make an equation. 45 plus something equals 50. At the beginning, we use 10 frames to get them to understand this idea. We've built 45 on 10 frames, which gives us four full 10 frames with another five. How many more will it take us to get to 50? The idea here is to give kids a visualization of 45. Instead of counting up by ones to get 50, could I visualize the five needed in the 10 frame with only 45 in it? It makes it a lot easier to figure out how to make the equation true by adding five. We do another example with this, such as 38 plus something equals 40. Again, we build the 38, we use the 10 frames to show, but you also could use the abacus to help kids see that it only takes two more to get to 40. We also talk about the idea of decomposing using 10 frames again. We have 34 plus 9, and DC comes into play again to help us decompose and add by making a friendly decade number. This is something that students just will need a lot of practice with. We can play the game called closest to 95 where students are going to start at 55. They're going to take turns drawing cards and adding that amount on and try to see who can get to 95 first. In the extension activities, kids get to play this game with a partner. 
This really helps because as you're adding on numbers, you can decompose to make another decade and then add a little bit more to make it easier. Kids start to be able to look at some of the strategies a little bit more independently as they start to have more practice. In show 308, Professor Barbell helps us look at the idea of missing add-ins. If we have a total and a part, can we figure out the other part? We have a visual model written out, but we have more pieces missing from the sentence form. So kids have to really pay attention to put those labels in correctly. The I can statement is I can add one digit and two digit numbers with an equation. We give four equations to look at, seven plus nine, 22 plus five, 32 plus eight, and 44 plus eight. And we ask which one doesn't belong. We want kids to do an analysis of each of the four problems and maybe figure out a reason why for all of them, one might not belong. Maybe one of the problems is adding only single digits plus a single digit, so the 7 plus 9 might not belong. Another student might say, when you're adding these together, everyone has a new 10 except for the 22 plus 5. This kind of inquiry is really great to help kids to attend to precision and come up with their own formulations of why certain problems might not belong. The focus in this show is seeing when we're adding a single digit plus a double digit, does it make a new 10 or not? Not necessarily do we regroup, regroup yet as we're not ready for T-pops, but for example, if I had nine plus 63, is the answer going to make a new 10? Well, yes, nine is one away from 10, and if I'm adding it to 63, it's gonna make a new 10. But what if I added 26 plus three? Is that gonna make a 10? No because I'm, only go I'm not really going to cross over the decade of 30 when you're adding those two numbers together. This helps kids to start think about how they're going to make a 10. I think sometimes kids use this DC strategy and just decompose the numbers for the sakes of breaking apart. However, we don't want them to forget the other part of DC. He likes those friendly numbers. We want students to remember to see if they're going to make a new 10 or not. The other part that happens as a show is we have an algorithm where water has been spilled or a splat on one part of the problem. The game splat really requires kids to use their number sense. I have 32 plus splat. What that is the splat that's under the second number? Well, if I can tell you some details about it, can you guess it? I can tell you that it's a one-digit number, and when you add it together, it's going to make a new 10. Of course, there's multiple possibilities here. It could be 8 or 9 in order to make a new 10. It can't be 1 because 32 plus 1 doesn't make a 10. It couldn't be 2 because 32 plus 2 doesn't make a new 10. I love this activity to get to kids to extend their thinking and apply their number sense. In the extension activity, we play the closest to 95 again, but in this case, the kids start with the lower number, 25, and they have to decide when they pull a card, do they want to add 10s or do they want to add 1s? It's a really great way to get kids to apply the concept of place value as well. Now we have second grade up. In episode 307, I'm going to do some word problems with Professor Barbel where students look at pennies. We do additive comparison problems, solve with a little bit higher numbers, and we have 37 pennies, and Blake has 55 more pennies. After the warm-up, however, we're going to switch gears to set the show up to take away 
from the idea of place value, we're going to bring it into shapes. The I can statement is I can name shapes based on their sides and corners. We get kids to engage by looking at sets of shapes, one that has three corners and three sides, where the other shape has multiple attributes. We want kids to notice those attributes by studying non-triangles versus triangles. We do a really fun sort in this episode based on what we learned in first grade. I think a lot of second graders think a triangle always looks the same, or a pentagon always looks the same, or a hexagon looks like we might see in patter blocks. In this sort, We find the attributes of shapes can help students realize that while a triangle has three sides and three corners, it doesn't have to always look like a perfect triangle that we would imagine. A quadrilateral has four sides and four corners, but it can be a square or it can be a rectangle or any other shape that has four sides and four corners. The same goes for pentagons and hexagons. We play a game called Penta what? To help kids understand the idea. In the game, we have a secret shape they have to guess, and they can only ask yes and no questions to narrow it down. We also talk about shapes that are not shapes. The idea of a shape has to be closed, or when you have things that don't necessarily create either a triangle, a quadrilateral, a pentagon, or a hexagon. For the extension activities, kids are giving, given more irregular-looking shapes and have to decide if that shape is one of the ones that we've been working with. As we move into 308, we're going to do a Professor problem, Professor Barble problem again, where students are going to have to figure out the part, part total, but it's worded a little bit differently. Mr. Arnold has a box of pencils. He passes out 27. So kids think immediately we have to subtract, and he has 45 left. But the question's asking how many pencils did he start with? Some kids might think of starting at 45 and subtracting, but they really have to listen to the details and look at the way the visual model is described to be able to solve it correctly. We continue the shapes with the I can statement. I can find and draw shapes with specific sides and lengths. Getting kids to draw shapes, as you know, is quite difficult. It's a bit hard on the show, too, because we don't have actual students, but we'll give the elements and work on it. We begin with which one doesn't belong, an exercise to get kids in the mindset of shapes. We want them to estimate, based on the description, what someone has drawn. Diego drew a shape that has fewer than five sides. Two sides are three centimeters long. What shape could Diego have drawn? There are pictures of rectangles, triangles, hexagon, and squares. Students can think through and kind of use an elimination process. If it only has five sides, I know I can eliminate the hexagon and bring it back to some of the parts of measurement. If we've been doing these shows throughout the entire school year, kids will have already done centimeters and meters. So we're bringing in some rulers for kids to kind of look at the attributes of the shapes. How many sides? How many corners? How many inches of the side lengths? We also talk about the idea of square corners. Not necessarily that it has to make 90 degree angles yet, but the idea that some corners are perfect squares and some aren't. We have a fun drawing with different shapes of the activity that they're able to use at the table with a certain number of sides to pick from. Three sides, four sides, five sides, six sides. We can create corners of three, four, five, and six. We can describe the length with, do you want it to have one side, two sides? Do you want it to have 
one inch or two inches. So it's kind of a table for students to pick as a menu and they can pick out lots of things, including if you wanna have square corners or no square corners or one or two, or do you wanna have them all? The fun discovery here is that when you don't have an even number of the same number of sides and corners, you might make a shape that isn't a shape. We kind of talk about that concept a bit here with the extension activities because kids have to figure out what shape am I? Am I? They're given attributes of a shape and they have to figure out which shape is described. Last, we have third grade. In episode 307, students are working with Professor Barbel with the problem where we're using division. In these division problems, you have to pay close attention. We're going to be using this kind of groups known or, you know, groups unknown. Students are looking at someone having 36 balloons and they want to give each person four balloons. Well, I don't know how many people there be, so it's a really a group's unknown, meaning that they have to take the bar, which is the total of 36, chop it for each person to have four, then kind of have this dot, dot, dot so that we can kind of figure out how many are in between. I didn't say we want to take the 36 balloons and divide them among a certain number of people, like six people, but instead we have to figure out what the result unknown is. In third grade, we're now moving into fractions. We spent quite a few shows on fraction, which I'm really excited about. The I can statement is I can name parts of a whole. To get students thinking, we give them options and have them figure out which one doesn't belong. Again, with this kind of activity, there's a descriptor of each of the four images as to why they might not belong, depending on the reasoning the child uses. Some of them are not partitioned equally. And so we talk about this with the new word partitioning, which really means splits into parts. Yes, things can be partitioned, but are they always partitioned into equal parts? Kids are given a variety of images to sort based on how they're partitioned. Some are non-equal parts and some are equal parts. This will help kids get this language to be able to use with fractions. And then they use the shapes that are partitioned. Even if they aren't equally partitioned, we can sort them by the number of parts, two parts, three parts, or four parts. Then we give kids the opportunity to partition rectangles. We want it to be hands-on. So the kids could do it at home with a post-it or a three-by-five card at school, and they can partition the rectangle into four different ways based on the characters that, characteristics that we're talking about. The main focus in third grade is to be able to understand that three equal parts is thirds, four equal parts is fourth, six equal parts equals six, and then eight equal parts equals eight. Kids really need to practice this idea in the extension by reading and writing fractions based on how many equal parts they have to apply to the concept. In episode 308, we'll continue with Professor Barbell doing more visual models. In one, we have 24 people lined up in, to get into canoes. Each canoe can have three people in it. How many canoes are needed? Again, this is groups unknown. The total bar is going to equal 24 people, and we're going to break the bar into groups of three. But we don't know how many groups there are, so we put a dot, dot, dot there so we can really figure out what the examples are and visualize about what we're looking for in third grade. The I can statement is I can use fractions to describe parts. We have another which one doesn't belong activity to look at the parts to see if they're divided equally or not. 
and we have students look at the horizontal partitions versus vertical partitions. We want students to see that there's different ways that you could make fractional parts. In this particular episode, we make fraction strips which are a really important tool anyone can use. It's just a piece of paper that we encourage them to keep, pieces of paper inside of an envelope so they can pull it out during the unit. Remember, the fraction strips are labeled with the actual unit on them. So in some ways, students might guess and check with this. We take the whole and split it in half. If you fold the half in half, it's going to make fourth. If you fold the fourths in halves, it's going to make, make eighths. It's the same thing if you looked at a piece of paper, folded into thirds, and then folded it in half again. Of course, it's going to make sixth. These are the only fractions that we're working on in third grade. As the extension activity here, students are going to make those fraction strips and their own so that they have a set. It's a great tool for students to have during this fractions unit. M3 members, Want your very own animated Professor Barbell to use in your warm-ups? Don't forget to download the PowerPoints and save it. He pushes on his button and his bar pops out to help students to get ready to go that starting line. Plus, all the work for the drawing the visual models is already done for you. Thanks so much for joining us for our blog next week. I hope you'll be with us as we start to look at the next shows that are coming out soon.